You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. And the focus in this week on the last half of verse 3. Verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The message title is uh, Righteousness Redirected. And so here's the question for you today. Why do you do what you do, and whom do you do it for? Why do you do what you do, and whom do you do it for? When you think about the priorities of, of last week and all the things that you had to do, we all live very busy lives. Um, why did you do the things that you did? And who did you do it for? We talked in the family series about that God is on the throne. You're not the man, you're not the king of your house. God is the king of your house. And, and so why do we do the things we do and who do we do them for? And we really see that come out of this text as we uh, consider he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. David uh, continues in this amazing psalm as he, I'm sure, reflects on his life and so many of the things that he had learned and been challenged in. And, and today he kind of lays out that piece for us um, and the discussion about righteousness and why are we about Righteousness. If you look it up in the dictionary, it would say that righteousness is the quality of being morally right or justifiable in what you do. Um, That would be the dictionary definition. It would be lacking as it relates to righteousness, as it relates to God. It would be much more like this. Um, Righteousness is the state of moral perfection required by God to be right with him and to enter heaven. Righteousness is a state of moral perfection required by God to be right with him and to enter into heaven. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You've got your Bibles open. Let's stand together as I read to you the 23rd Psalm. We want to honor God as we uh, read from his word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word today. I thank you for this psalm that David wrote. Far from being perfect, Lord, he was a man who wrestled and struggled with things in life just like we do. He was a man who had moral failure. He was a man who made bad judgments. And yet, Lord, he writes this psalm where his focus is on you and we see your restoration and your care and your hope. And and Lord, today, as we look at this text, we pray, God, that you would be honored as we open your word, that we would have eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, who is the good shepherd. Father, we pray that you would give us ears to hear which you have for us today, minds, God, that we can understand it. But then, Lord, more than that, hearts and passion to live out these truths for your fame and your glory. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can take your seats. And Well, we want to dive right into this text. And um, he says, 
He leads me in paths of righteousness. The first thing I want us to see is righteousness received. Righteousness received. Um, notice that it says paths of righteousness. It doesn't say the path to righteousness. Those are very different things. And this point, this first point we will look at, I want to make sure that you understand the distinction between those two things. There's only one way to God. There is one path to righteousness. That's through Jesus Christ. But in Christ, there are all kinds of paths of righteousness. And that'll be the main focus of the message after we get through this first point. But we need to make sure that we get the the basic things, the foundational things right. Because if you get this piece wrong in your life, at the end of life, when you stand before God, you're going to have a major, major fail. And God will say, I never knew you. So paths of righteousness are the things that righteous people will do. But what is the path to righteousness? Because there's one, there's only one path. In Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14, it says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it uh, by, by it are many. For the gate that is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Psalm 23, verse 3, where it says, Paths of righteousness is written for people who are already made righteous in Jesus Christ. And so I want to teach you a little bit this morning about that and and what does that mean. And the word that we want to talk about is imputed, imputed righteousness. Uh, But let's go back and just understand that as a person, um, everyone, every single person is separated from God in their sin and there's nothing you can do about it. And the Lord Jesus Christ came. He died on the cross. He was the sacrificial lamb. He was the only righteous one. He was the one who was able, because of his purity and spotlessness, to pay a price for your sin and my sin that that we could never pay. And you come to a place, and the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Uh, Not try harder, not about works, not about I'm a good person. It's not about any of those things. It's it's all, the the standard before God is righteousness. The standard before God is holiness. The standard before God is no sin. And none of us can, we can't deal with that. We can't fix that problem. So Christ came to fix that problem. And he said, believe. Believe and you will be saved. Uh, When I was eight years old, I made that decision. Some children last week made that decision. I trust you can remember. You can go back to a time in your life when you can remember. That's when I got on my knees before God and I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Uh, When you did that, some really cool things happened in your life. Uh, The first thing that happened is you were saved. You were saved. That doesn't go away. It can't be taken away from you. You were saved. When that happened in your life, you were also justified. The Bible talks about that in in Romans. And it says, you were made just as if you had never sinned. Um, It was a a legal act. And and it was gone. Your sin was gone. As far as the east is from the west, you were justified. God's spirit indwelt you at that point. You were sealed in the spirit. You were baptized in the spirit. But the other thing that happened that very moment in your life was you were made righteous. 
God, through Jesus Christ, imputed, that's the word, imputed his righteousness on you. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. He did it. Isaiah 64, 6 says, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like polluted garments. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind. They take us away. Imputed righteousness. God's righteousness through Jesus Christ put on me. So let's just talk about that, that, that whole, what, what went on there? Why was that necessary? How did that happen? Okay, well, back in Genesis 2 and 3, in the fall of man, sin, sin was imputed on everyone. Adam's sin had effect on the whole race of mankind. Um, we were all made sin. I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother uh, conceive me. Uh, keep your finger in Psalm 23 and flip over to Romans. Uh, Paul was really big on this stuff. And in Romans chapter 5, here's what he says. Romans chapter 5, uh, verses 12 and 17. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we just talked about that a minute ago, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into his grace, in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And then down in um, verse 12, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all have sinned. And then down to verse 17, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through the one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And so when Adam sinned, his sin was put through all of us. There isn't any one of us that ever had to be trained to sin. Not one of us ever had to be trained to disobey our parents. Not one of us ever had to learn to um, sneak things behind somebody else's back. We all just, it's in us. That sin nature is in us. There's none righteous, no, not one. That's because the sin nature was imputed, it was put on us because of the sin of Adam. That's the bad news. The good news is that the imputation of sin that was put on me when I trusted Christ, that sin was put on Jesus. All that sin that I carried, all that sin that was on me, all that stuff that separated me from God, when I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, all of my sin, the whole bag load of it, was put on Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Here it is. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Uh, John 1, 29, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, who what? Who takes away the sin of the world. Sin put on all mankind. Sin 
when we trust the Lord Jesus Christ, put on him, and then here's the next part, and then the imputation or the putting on of us, Christ's righteousness. All of my sin taken off of me and put on Christ and all of his righteousness taken from him and put on me. Hey, church, that's awesome. That's amazing what God did. I didn't earn that. I didn't deserve it. There was nothing in me. And God did that. In Romans 3 and uh, verse 22... It says 21 and 22, but now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. There's no distinction. Philippians 3, 9 says, and being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake, he made him to be sin. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 1 Peter 2.24, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds. You have been healed. So before we get to paths of righteousness, the million dollar question, have you accepted the finished work of Jesus Christ for your salvation? Because that is the one and only path that there is to righteousness. There is no other path. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And the amazing thing is how simple it really is. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You just understand what we just said. Understand what Jesus Christ did. You were separated from God in your sin. There's nothing you could do to fix it. There's nothing you could do to deserve it. He did it all. He brings to you the free gift of salvation as, as an opportunity, a gift to you today. What will you do with the good news of Jesus Christ. What will you do with the gospel? You can in simple faith believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. See, I wanted to make a really big deal about that because I don't want you to misunderstand what Psalm 23 Three is saying when it says he leads me in paths of righteousness. The paths he's talking about are the people that Psalm 23 is about. The people who the Lord is my shepherd. And so for the people who are followers of God, for us, the people who understand what the good shepherd has done for us, who are followers of Jesus Christ, that's who this verse for paths of righteousness are for. And if you get that in the wrong order, you become about works. You become about, well, I've got to do stuff. I've got to be a better person. I've got to be and that's never going to solve it for you. You'll always come up short. But the path of righteousness through Jesus Christ is available through faith in Christ. 
in Christ alone. Again, back over in uh, Romans chapter 8, says, uh, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set us free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us, here it is, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So that was righteousness received. It was imputed on us. That was the path to righteousness. But now we want to take a look at righteousness lived. And that's what we see really right out of this text. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Who leads me? Well, the shepherd does. The shepherd, the one who cares. And I love the way this text kind of puts it out for us. It says, he leads us in paths of righteousness. There's some things there that uh, we need to understand. Um, some, maybe some things that shepherds don't do. The shepherd's not at the final destination, as it were, uh, calling out to us, hey, you guys, I know you can't see. You, just make your way up here. He says, he leads me in paths of righteousness. He is going before us. He is guiding us. He is helping us. Shepherds don't call from the destination. They lead. Shepherds don't drive. They lead. Shepherds are faithful and patient. Uh, And they don't pace the walk for us because all the sheep don't walk at the same pace. That's that's not what shepherds do. It it was so cool last week for me to sit in my office. It was cool for me to sit in my office while there were 200 kids around here. That was just cool in and of itself. But for me to sit in my office and watch as uh, one of the teams would uh, go over, they were going over to a park down the road. And, and so the leader had, you saw the signs, the leader had their sign and they're walking down the path and they're walking down the road and, and there's like 30 kids and they're supposed to be behind them, right? But they're little kids. And some of them are wandering along and some are sauntering along and, and some are picking at the daisies and some are, but they're all kind of making their way along the path. And there were leaders to kind of encourage them along, but... They weren't all moving at the same pace and they weren't all moving in a straight line and it wasn't clean and it wasn't, but they were all headed in the right direction. That's, that's the picture that's going on here. The shepherd leads us on the path and, and we're sauntering along the path and some of us are up close to the shepherd and staying close and some are wandering off a little bit and need to be pulled onto the path and, and others have got their head down and he leads me in paths of righteousness Literally, it means he leads me in right behavior. He leads me in right paths. So it says he leads me in paths of righteousness. So we can obviously assume that there are paths that don't lead to righteousness. Like, like duh, of course. Like, we all know that. We, we found ourselves off the path sometime this week. And um, there are things that would take us and we end up on wrong paths. You might have ended up on a wrong path. You might have actually been on your knees up here at the front at the end of our services last week. And, and by Tuesday, you found yourself on a wrong path again. Well, here's the cool thing. He leads me in paths of righteousness. You can be restored. You can get back on the right path. And, and you can keep on going for the glory of God because that's not what saves us. That's just, it's what keeps us. It's what helps us move forward. 
So what are some of the things that cause us to get onto wrong paths? Here's the number one thing. You ignore this book. You're not spending time in God's word. I don't know how many people I talk to, and, and when they come, we talk, well, how much time are you spending in God's word? Well, you know, I come to church. Well, you're going to get on the wrong paths when you're not following the shepherd. You need to spend time in God's word. Every day, you need to open it up. It's been cool for us to have our daughter and our grandchildren here uh, this week. And uh, before they go to bed, all of us were in the living room. And then Beth would open the word, and she would read to her kids. And, um, and we would pray together. And why? Because, because that's how you learn where the right paths are. And if you find yourself on a wrong path, I would suggest to you, either you're slipping out of your practices of being in God's word, or you're about to, um, Wrong paths come when we're not in God's word. Wrong paths come when we don't spend time in prayer. If you're not calling out to God for things and trusting him and asking him for direction. Here's where wrong paths come. Wrong paths come when you violate your conscience. Now, hear me really clearly on this. Your conscience is a guide, and it's only a guide. If your conscience is telling you not to do something, I would suggest to you that's a really good time to follow your conscience. But just because your conscience doesn't tell you to do something doesn't mean you have license to do it. If you do something long enough, your conscience will stop bothering you and and you can sin and your conscience won't bother you anymore. But if you were this week and it was Wednesday and it was four in the afternoon, and if you cut some corners, you could get the business deal done, and your conscience was, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, and you did it, you were on a wrong path. You end up on wrong paths when you don't spend time in God's word, and you don't spend time in prayer, and you, you violate your conscience. You end up on wrong paths when you uh, go against godly advice. When you ask your brother and sister in Christ, what should I do with this? And, and they talk with you and they give you good and solid advice. But you want what you want more than you want what godly advice is telling you to do. And you end up on a wrong path. You end up on a wrong path when you just outright disobey what God's word says. Or you're feeding on the wrong food, as it were. You're taking in what you want. And maybe even as I'm saying that, you're like, yeah, I did that this week. I, I know I, That's what I did there. And hey, the cool thing is we just learned he restores my soul. So there's restoration for whatever this is. But there are wrong paths where you're going after the wrong goals. Or you're following ungodly friends. Now, those are some of the things that can cause you to end up on a, a wrong path. Remember, these are not the paths to God. These are the paths that God takes us on. And, and for all of us, there's all kinds of different ones. There's, uh, Jason will be on a different path than I'm on. Not to God. We are in Christ. But what he's learning, he's been married for how long have you been married? A month, a, a month and a half. Good answer. A month and a half. And the things that God is teaching him about marriage and growth. And he's on a totally different path that I'm on. We've been married for 35 years. I'm just still a little smarter than a rock about those things. But I'm on a different path on those things. The things we're growing up in, in our faith. The things that God is stirring in us. The things we have to deal with in our lives. They're very different. There are paths all over the place. But there are paths of righteousness. And so the path for you is not the same path for me. The path to God is, but the paths of righteousness are very different. Now, the right path for today 
will be different than what the path was yesterday, uh, six weeks ago before you were married. The paths of righteousness look different than they do today. And they're different for me too. And the path for tomorrow will be different for you than it is today. Your job might change. Your family circumstance might change. Uh, Hey, your path for tomorrow is going to be so different come August the 1st and come September the 1st. Paths of righteousness, all of them, all over the place. And But are we on them? Are you on the right path right now? As you sit here and hear this message, are you like, my goodness, I'm so far, I can't even hardly see the path from where I am right now. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Well, so what are those paths of righteousness? Well, they're paths of obedience and they're paths of honor and they're paths of fruitfulness and they're paths of submission and they're paths of purity and they're paths of right priorities and they're paths of surrender. But let me tell you what I believe is the foundation to all of it. All of it to the paths of righteousness is found in humility. It's found in humility. Submission is really just the outworking of humility. Uh, The priorities to purity are really the outworking of humility. It comes to the place of, I understand who I am in light of who God is, and that's what drives me to do right things. The problem is, humility is mostly an issue of the heart that's demonstrated out in other things, right? Like, who's walking around going, uh, look how humble I am and follow me? Humility is the only thing that uh, once you think you've got it, you've lost it. Because humility is worked out in so many different areas of our lives and in so many different ways, but it's a matter of the heart. Over in uh, Philippians chapter 2, talking about the character of Jesus and why he came in in Philippians 2, have this mind among yourselves, verse 5, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he is in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being being born in likeness of man and being found in human form. Here it is. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. That's how it showed out, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, for us, for us, um, how about this verse, 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Well, why does he do that? Why does he do that? Well, I think obviously he does that for my good. He leads me in the path to righteousness. No question about that. It's for my salvation. But it leads me in paths of righteousness. That's for my good. The things that God does for us, he does for our good. But you want to notice that that's not where this verse ends. The verse doesn't say he leads me in paths of righteousness, period. It says he leads me in paths of righteousness. Notice the next words. For his name's sake. For his name's 
sake. The paths of righteousness are not for me. This is about righteousness redirected. Righteousness redirected. We so often, even in our desire to follow Christ, we're like, well, what do I get from this? What do I get from this? And we get amazing things from this. The paths of righteousness are like awesome for us. But it's not for us. Not primarily. It says he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I must admit, I never paid much attention to that part of the verse before. It never really dawned on me until this week that the paths of, I kept thinking, oh, he's got all these paths of righteousness because he's just taking care of me. I'm just a dumb sheep who needs help. I'm just a messed up guy who needs paths of righteousness. And that's all true. But he does it for himself. So I got thinking about that a little bit and I'm thinking, well, if my mentor in my life said, I'm going to teach you some things. I'm going to give you some advice. I'm going to help you along the way. And he said, and here's why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for my name's sake. You would go, that's ridiculous. That's arrogant. That would be pitiful. That would be somebody who doesn't even know how to spell humble, let alone know how to live it out in their life. So what gives God the right What gives God the authority? Who does does he think he is? Here's who he thinks he is. The Lord. He is God. He is the creator. He is the sustainer of life. The fact you have one more heartbeat is because God allows it to happen in your life. He deserves all of the glory. He deserves all of the praise. He deserves all of the honor. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's not arrogance. That's not pride. That's God being God. He is the Lord. Over in, uh, back in Exodus chapter 20, just listen. Exodus chapter 20, uh, verse 5, it says this. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the Father on the children to the third and the fourth generation uh, to those who hate me. Exodus uh, 34, verse 14. For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Righteousness redirected and gets our focus off of us and onto why do I do the things I do and who do I do them for? The righteous path that we are on, God's working in our life, the pruning, even the hard things are for his glory, for his righteousness to be revealed. A New Testament verse that talks this about this is uh, Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That they may see your good works. It's good for us. Righteousness, righteous paths, they're good for us. That they might see your good works, but they're not going to glorify you. They're going to see your good works and give glory to you to your Father who is in heaven. The Westminster Catechism, at least the shorter one, says, 
The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Our purpose in life is to bring glory to God and to enjoy him forever. You're like, Paul, you got to understand how far away I am from that. Like, I'm having a hard time even grasping hold of what you're saying. You, you don't arrive in this in a day. It's called sanctification. It's called growing up in Jesus Christ. It's the paths of righteousness that help us to understand these things and to want to be more like Jesus Christ every day. Why? Because he is so awesome in our life, and I want him to get the glory for what he's done. And what God does in this church, I don't want the glory for that. God help us all if I ever want the glory for that. And God help us all if the elders ever want the glory for that. We hardly even know what we're doing. God is faithful. He's doing what he's doing in our church. And he's doing it not for our glory. He's doing it for our good, but he's doing it for his glory. And what God is doing in your life and the paths of righteousness you are on. And some of those paths take you through very difficult times. And some of those paths takes us through sweet times. But they're for his glory. They're for his glory. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Psalm 25, verses 8 to 11 says, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his ways. And all the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. Uh, my wife's birthday was um, two days ago now. Two days ago now. Um, she turned 25. Plus a few more. Um, I put a thing on Facebook and uh, in it, just so thankful for my wife and all the rest, but I, I, I quoted her life verse. Uh, John 3, verse 30. That's what this message is really about. He must increase. I must decrease. That's what John the Baptist was saying when he saw Jesus and the followers were following him and they're like, John, what do we do? What do we do? And John's like, hey, hey, that guy Jesus, he must increase. I must decrease. My wife has sought to model that. That's her life first. She sought to model that in our family. She sought to model that before us. Now, believe me, she'd be the first one to tell you she hasn't done it perfectly, but she's growing in it because he must increase. And she must decrease. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I must decrease. He must increase. See, when we get righteousness redirected like that, and the focus isn't on us and our performance, but it's on who we, what we do and who we do it for, it changes everything. What's God calling you to do in that today? What's God calling you to respond to as you think about that? Which brings us to the, so what? So what? The path to righteousness is through Jesus Christ alone. If you haven't trusted him, I want to challenge you. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. But the paths of righteousness, God puts, us, puts before us every day. And as you're sitting here and you're hearing this message today, what is the path of righteousness that God is calling you to? What is the thing that as I leave here today, that's what I need to be into. That's what I need to be focused on. That's what I need to do. Not for me, not for our church, not for you, but for his name and for his name's sake. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Let's pray. Lord God, this is your word. We thank you for this amazing psalm that uh, David has written. Written out of his experience, written out of his failure, written out of his success. But Lord, ultimately written for your glory. And Father, we've looked at righteousness today. Father, what are the paths of righteousness? What are the righteous deeds that are in our lives? What are the things that we are doing that are causing people to ask for the reason, the hope that is in us? But not to us, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Because truly, God, you must increase, I must decrease. Truly, God, Jesus Christ in me, he must increase, I must decrease. God, would you do this work in my life? Would you do that work in our church? And would you do it for your glory? And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.